we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Amen. Oh, a few hand claps. Y'all get, I got, I did I scare you? Okay. Amen. Amen. You shouldn't be scared. Amen. I'll never forget when that cop came to try to stop us from having church when we were inside and she looked and saw all the people driving up and in her face and she was like, why isn't anyone scared? And in my mind, I want to say, because it's not working on folks that's full of the Holy Ghost. What do we have to be scared of? Did God not bring you this far? Look at somebody say, he brought me this far. No, 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 we're going to go way back. Look at somebody say, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I don't believe. I don't feel. I've what? I've come too far from where I started. Okay, come on, sit down, because I'm going to preach. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What kind of God would he be to get us this far and forget about us? He'd be that wooden statue. That's what he'd be. He'd be that false statue, that false God that folks pledge to, to get ahead in this life. 
No, I serve the true and the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Adamantbeliever.com forward slash love for real dot PDF. Woo! Man, that felt good. You know, and God has been dealing with me about that, and one day we'll do a message on it, but man, he deserves some worship. He deserves some praise. I mean, really, why in the world would they be trying to take it away if it didn't affect him? He is strategically trying to disable everything that affects him. You know what the real deal is? You know how to make somebody really, really mad? Take away what they think belongs to them, and you start doing it. Yeah. And that's what the devil is. He's upset because God replaced him. God always replaces foolishness. Once you act up, you getting replaced. And the devil acted up, he got replaced. And he don't like the fact that we are better worshipers than him. We're better worshipers than him because we have a testimony he doesn't have. We can say how I got over. My soul does what? Look back. What? I sing that one too. Boy, don't you mess with me. Soul looks back and wonders how I got over. Devil can't sing that song. He ain't got over nothing. Yeah, he's upset. So he's trying to just systematically stop the preaching, stop the gathering. Now stop the singing. Stop everything that resembles what I used to do and who I used to be. So you ought to worship him. You ought to give him praise and throw that right in his face. Give God praise and throw it right in the devil's face. Amen. So when the music is going, when we're singing, you need to lift your hand. You need to get involved in this worship. Amen. Because he deserves it. And you're going to need that deposit you're making. I promise you. Don't wait until stuff go down. Make your deposit now so that you can make a withdrawal when it all goes down. Amen. Amen. All right, love for real. Amen. Woo! I feel good, man. I just feel like God has us. I just feel that way. I feel like we're special to him in this hour. We're special to him. We're special to him. Amen. And we're going to boldly proclaim it. And we ain't going to let what they're saying stop us. Amen. Amen. You know, I talk to my pastor friends and different ones across the country and different things. And, you know, some of them are telling me, you know, man, we just, you know, I just can't get nobody to come out or congregation is low or whatever. I said, man, everybody coming to ABC. I said, they're coming. It's not because of me. You think it's because of me? No, it ain't because of me. It's because folks know, they know what time it is. How many of you know what time it is? Amen. Amen. So they, well, people want to be with the saints. Why not be with the saints? And that's what I tell people. When do you think this is going to be over? Do you really think there's an end to this? This is just the beginning. Who was that? Winston Churchill that said, never let a good crisis go to waste. They're going to bleed this thing for everything. You think they've come this, this far to leave it? Ain't <laughs> it too deep? Now they got to go all the way with the plans. Amen. Bill Gates going to get his money. They're going all the way. So what are we waiting on? Are we going to wait till it calm down? And do, what calms down? You're going to wait till the world gets saved and stop being evil? And the Bible said it was go- they were going to get more evil? Sin will abound. Wickedness and iniquity will increase. 
What are you waiting on? The increase? Better get your praise in now. Amen. So God knows the future. So the love he offers, listen to this. This is so deep when God shared this with me. Because he knows the future, the love he offers us is different from the love we have to offer others. So our love isn't the same as his love because he knows the future and that changes everything. Revelations 1 and 8 says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and what? Which is to come. Meaning that there's no time in him at all. So because he sees, I remember I always used to tell y'all about the blimp view. Because he sees the, he has the blimp view and not the parade view. We watch it float by float. He sees every float. He sees where the floats will end. He sees how it's going to turn out. He sees everything. He's the beginning and the end, right? So that changes his love and makes his love different. God can offer unconditional love because he knows everything in advance. Now, this is going to be deep, so you're going to have to use your think piece. But I want you to think hard about this. Because he knows everything in advance, he can offer true, real, unconditional love. Now, we can have some of that, and we can try our best to unconditionally love, but sometimes we get challenged, right? But nothing challenges God if he knows everything in advance if he chose to love us first that really means that he saw the end when he saw the beginning so if he chose to love us first he saw the end and said i'm gonna love him there is nothing you can do to change the love he allotted for you because he estimated how much you would need by summing up your whole life No, I'm going to give you a minute. You need to think about that. He summed up your whole life and loved you anyway. So while you stressing over what you just did or what you did in the past, he had already added that in the equation when he chose to love you. Look at somebody say, you're not shocking God. Some folks can't even clap at that because it's too deep. You're not surprising him. If he sees everything and chose to love you, that means there's nothing you can do to, to not be loved anymore. God is not you. Look at somebody and say, God is not you. Your vision is impaired. Your thoughts are impaired. Your ability to love is impaired with your humanness because something might catch you off guard. man this is good as God he can do that Romans 8 38 39 for I am persuaded now listen to this that neither death so death can't separate you from his love meaning if death is your end he knew your end so he knew everything before death Uh, see that's too deep for somebody nor life nothing you can do in your life can change God's love for you once he loves you nor angels the devil can't stop it principalities the devil's kingdoms can't stop it powers the devil's works can't stop it nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord it can't stop once it starts nothing you can do nothing anyone can do See, we walk around condemned too much. And I know some of us have done some stuff. But you can't walk around condemned if God already knew what you was going to do. Amen. The key to it is to quit doing dumb stuff. Amen. He did not come to condemn us, but to save us. Now, do you know what that really means? We say it all the time. He didn't come to condemn us. That means he didn't come to talk about what you've done and how bad you've been. He's not throwing up your past in your face. 
He's not going to condemn you. He came to save us. Our own decisions are what judges us. If you make dumb decisions, spirit of dumb is going to bang a gavel. Amen. And you can't blame nobody if you did the dumbness. And nobody in here has done the dumbness without being warned, warned first of the dumbness. Nobody's going to be able to stand before God and say, God, I mean, I just didn't know. No, he's going to say, I sent so-and-so. You didn't listen. I sent so-and-so and you didn't listen. Rich man, when he was in hell, lifted up his eyes and said, can you just send somebody to my brothers? They can dip their finger in water. No, 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 that was a different story. He said, send them to my brothers so they can repent. That's what he said. Because if somebody rise from the dead, I know they'll get saved. And Abraham said, uh-uh. He said, they have people telling them the truth. They just won't listen. They have people trying to stop them from making those condiments, and they won't listen. He said, they got Moses and the prophets. He said, let them hear them. But our own decisions judge us. That's why I tell you all the time to make good decisions. The choices we make can lead to condemnation. So you can feel condemned and you think it's God condemning you. You know, the old school church told you that. Anytime something bad happened, God is getting you back. Oh, see, that's because you sin. Uh huh. That's because of this or that. And no, you know, that, that, that's, not, that's not necessarily true. It's not because of God. It's because of what you did. You broken Walgreens. <laughs> In jail. I'm going to see this had to be because, man, God is getting me back, man. God ain't got nothing to do with you busting the window of Walgreens. <laughs> Folks do that, though. They blame just God, man. God must be getting you. God must be getting you back. Man, if God was judging us, everybody would just spontaneously combust right now. We'd all just be stubble, like it says in the book of Malachi. We'd be stubble if we got judgment. The judgment we deserve, we just start disappearing. God is not just, look at somebody say, God is not judging you yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's reserved. Amen. It's the choices we make that lead to condemnation. So you feel condemned because you went against what was right and you did something that you shouldn't have done even, no, even after knowing that it was wrong. That's condemnation. That's that feeling you feel. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's dumbness. It's the spirit of dumb. It bubbles up in you and it just overtakes you. I was telling the men Wednesday night, then you start looking and thinking people are condemning you. I'm the number one. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm number one. Every message I preach, they think I'm talking about them. Because of what you did. I don't even know. I was going to preach this anyway. But folks just, then I get the email. Uh-huh, Pastor, you talked about me. I know you was talking about me. But I like what Jay Bryan always says on that. And? He always says that. He said, that's been studies when I felt you was talking about me. But does that have anything to do with me doing the wrong thing? Didn't mean to put you on the spot, Jay, but I, I, I use that. I use that. But oh, I ain't got time to be thinking about you up here. Boy, you think you special. My goodness, the narcissism is on 100. We're going to stop the whole ministry. But this is why he taught us, because this condemnation, this is why he taught us to love and be merciful. See, if you love and be merciful, then to receive what? Wisdom and good counsel and to deny ourselves from him. If you do all those things, then you won't be condemned. When we follow these principles, it will help us to not be condemned in this life. So our condemnation is coming from us, not God. He did not come for that. Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now, can we believe what the Bible says? Can we believe what the Bible says? There is therefore now what? No condemnation to them which are what? In Christ Jesus who do what? 
Walk not after the flesh. But so if you don't walk after the flesh, there's no condemnation. But if you walk after the flesh, your flesh is going to condemn you. Because your actions are going to come with consequences. And you're going to feel bad about it. Don't mean that the Lord is trying to kill you and get you back. God will judge us after this life. Amen? But Jesus blocks out our sins before God. And once we repent, all God sees is the love given, uh, is, is the love of giving his son. So he sees the sacrifice. So Jesus blots it out by standing right in between you and God. So that your sins can't be, you can't be held guilty of your sins anymore. He stands there with the blood and says, I paid for that. I paid for that. Look at somebody and say, Jesus paid it all. And how much is all? All. So Jesus blocks out our sins. So when judgment does come, we're going to have a smiling savior. Amen. Even though we don't deserve it. How many don't deserve it? We don't deserve it. But that's what makes his love so great. He loved us knowing we didn't deserve it. He didn't just know we didn't deserve it based on what uh, sins Joshua or Abel did. Look at somebody. Abel sinned. He was given a sin sacrifice. <laughs> what you think he was offering the animal for? You don't think about this stuff, do you? You got your eyes on Cain. No, Abel sinned too. The difference was Cain wouldn't admit it. So Cain didn't give the sacrifice to cover sin. Amen. That's a message for another day. Amen. But yeah, so all of the sin, God, Jesus is going to cover all the sin that we commit. Jesus blocks out our sins before God. And once we repent, all God sees is the love of giving his son. And that pays for everything. Amen. We all have sin that needs to be paid. The beautiful thing is God saw all of that sin before he decided to love you. If he sees all. Ooh, these hand claps. Acts 3 and 19. Repent ye therefore and be what? Converted. So don't just repent, but be what? Converted. Converted from what? Converted from your sins. That your sin may be what? Blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. We are so used to earning or deserving love from others that we mistake God's love for man's love. That's the problem. You start dating when you was 11. And during your developmental stages, you begin to learn how to give to get. And yes, that's why I teach against teen dating because you, you, you start learning, you're developing. You don't need, you don't need that. You don't need that in the cake mix. Amen. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I know. I know. I know. Some of you got it in your cake mix and wish you could put it back. Extraction, Lord. Get that out of there. That led to a whole bunch of foolishness. Having girlfriend and boyfriends at 11 and 12 while you develop it. So you're learning to earn and he don't like me. So what do I do to make him like me? At 12? Now you got to make him like you. And then so by the time you 20, you have a very distorted view of earning and deserving love. Then when you come to God, you don't even understand how somebody can love you and want nothing in return. I know I'm, man. Yeah, that's why you're in here for this kind of message, right? Ain't nothing changed. I keep telling folks. 
We're so used to that. Earning and deserving love from others that we mistake God's love for man's love. But he created us in love to love us. He didn't want anything in return. He created us to love us. What you going to give God other than love? He has everything. He has everything. So all you got to do is love him back. That's all he wants. But some folks don't know how to do that because they're so used to giving to get love. Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man that he should lie. You can stop right there. He looks at somebody and say, he's not a man. So you can't treat him like a man. Amen. His love doesn't work the way man's love works. He's not a man. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? He's going to keep his promises. He's going to do what he said. He's not like a man. So the man that kept letting you down and changed your idea of what love is, you're using that mindset to try to apply that to how God is. And he's not a man. He doesn't think like that. That's why your godly relationship is so jacked up because you approaching him like all your worldly relationships. When you see your baby for the first time, you love it without it ever doing anything. Right? Baby come out, you just love the baby. Baby don't have to do anything. Your love is unconditional. Even though the child is a burden, that's the first thing the child is. A burden. Look, somebody laughed. That's the truth. It's a burden you didn't have before. Children expensive. Am I the only one? What? They don't want to say it because they're children next to them. I mean, what? So? They need to know. I dressed differently before you came. <laughs> Amen. My cupboard wasn't as full. I didn't have to buy as much. My car always had gas in it before you got here. Amen. Tell them. You better tell them. Don't be scared. Amen. But your love is unconditional. Even though the child is a burden, a new weight, child is a new weight. Now you got something to worry about. An extra worry. Something you got to add to the prayer. To, amen. To the prayer clock. Your prayers just got longer. Especially when they get old enough to do stuff. It's time to pray. Now we got to see, okay, what TV program to watch? Oh, Lord, show me. Oh, can they watch this? Can they watch it? Oh, Lord. You know, it just. My God. It's making me think. But a child is a burden, a new weight, and full of mistakes and error. Are children full of mistakes and error? My goodness. My goodness. Sometimes you just wonder, like, do you have a brain? And does it function? Does it work? Like, is this not the question if you have a teenager? Is this not the question? What I'm about to ask you now, what were you thinking? Like, like what, what were you thinking? And then they give you that look like, <laughs> The look answers it. The look says, obviously, I wasn't thinking. So I have absolutely no answer for you. Y'all know that look. Look, every parent know that look. That blank look. What were you thinking? (laughs) You know, the head go back a little Did you not count 
the consequences. Did you not think? That's the other one. Did you not think I was going to find out? <laughs> Y'all know I'm, I'm in the house now. You ain't got that yet, Elder. It's coming. Oh, you got a house full of kids. It's coming, Jack. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Nothing. I mean, ain't no holy ghost. I don't care how I save you, but don't, don't try to don't try to play the role in here like you super save and you're gonna miss that. No, you're not. The saver you are, the the, the blank of the stare gonna be. Cause they know better. You done heard the word. You done, you know scriptures by memory. Man, no, Landon, I mean, not so much Landon. He would, he usually have an answer. I was just dumb. He'd say that. He would admit. But that Vicky. And Vicky would be the one to come tell you. She talked so much that she couldn't ever keep it. She gonna come tell you. And then you'd be sitting there like, what did you just tell me? I just had to get it off my chest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but a child is a bird in a new way, full of mistakes and errors. But this does not change your love for your child's existence. Amen? In hope of who the child what? Can become. Don't change anything. So it don't change it. Psalms 103 and 13. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that what? Fear him. This is how God feels about each and every one of us. He know your mistakes. He know your crazy. He know all levels of your crazy. He know you fighting the boss in the video game of craziness. <laughs> you at the last stage, the highest level, you got the high score. And he knew it. He knew it. John 3 and 16, the most popular verse in the whole Bible says it all. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever does what? Believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. But because, this is the sad part, some fathers did not show love to us. We assume we have to earn or deserve. God's love. So this is where the problem comes. People begin to feel they have to earn God's love or deserve God's love or they feel they, they aren't deserving of it because they fought so hard for their father's love. Oh, I just preached in here. Yeah, that's the real thing. This is why fatherlessness is the end time epidemic. Yeah, this is why they're in the streets, burning up the streets. This is why they're gathering. This is why they're killing. This is why everything you see that's happening is happening right now. It's happening because of fatherlessness. God said it would happen. He said it would happen because we would need the spirit of Elijah to come in this day. In this day. The day of the Lord. According to Malachi. He said in the day of the Lord, he was going to send the spirit of Elijah to come. To turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Hearts of the children back to the fathers. Right? That's, why, that's what we do here at ABC. Can, can you tell? That's, that's, that's our ministry. Well, that's my ministry. So if you're here and you under it, that's what I do. Amen. I got the same in enemy that Elijah had because I'm operating under the same spirit Elijah is operating on. Who is Elijah's enemy? Jezebel. That's why they don't stay here long. They can't stay here long because that same spirit. Because it's the Jezebel spirit that creates fatherlessness. Amen. So that's what it is. That's just the way it is. Same spirit. Malachi 3 tells y'all that. You know, preachers be preaching Malachi 3. They always talking about the money part. Oh, Malachi 3. Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you would. Oh, yeah, they got it down. They don't keep reading. When he started talking about the day of the Lord and how all this wickedness you see Fauci and all them doing, God says they're going to pay for it and he's going to turn them all into stubble. In Malachi. Keep reading. Then he said he's going to send the spirit of Elijah. Come turn the hearts back to try to fix this thing so we can take some folks with us when we go. 
but the works of the wicked aren't going to go unpunished. That's all in the same book. Get off the money part and keep reading. Amen. Malachi was a prophet. He wasn't no banker. But because some fathers did not show love to us, we assume we have to earn or deserve God's love. So this is what causes people to approach God that way. So then you start feeling that you made too many mistakes or you've done too many things wrong and you can't get God to do anything for you or to truly love you because you're trying to prove yourself worthy to him. Because you grew up trying to prove yourself worthy of being loved by your father. But none of us can earn that worthiness. It has to be gifted to us. But you've been, your mind has been distorted by that fight growing up during you're developing, trying to earn love from someone and you approach God the same way. But nothing we can do can merit his love. And he already knew what you was going to do when he decided to love you. Amen. Oh, this is good to me. Colossians 3 and 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. This is the whole thing. People are discouraged in Christianity. They think they're too bad to even be saved. They think they've done too much, sinned too much to be forgiven. Uh, John 4 and 15. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Because Jesus had already told her. I had to cut it short because it's long. He had already told her this water. She, she said you don't have the right thing to get the, get the water out of here. He said, I ain't talking about this water. I'm talking about the living water. So she says, well, give me this water so I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, go, call your husband, and then come. And I'll give it to you, basically. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast now hast is not thy husband. And the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> then she changed the subject. Because, <laughs> Lord, you in my stuff now. I, I believe you're a prophet, so uh, let's change the subject. Our fathers worship in this mountain. <laughs> and ye say that in Jerusalem, in this, in the place where, uh, this is the place where men ought to worship. So basically, she's using this whole Samaritan Jew thing, where the Jews believe uh, in worshiping in Jerusalem and the Samaritans believe in worshiping at the mountain where they were. And so that was the difference between he wasn't, Jesus wasn't even supposed to be talking to this woman because the beef was so big back then between the Samaritans and the Jews. It was a big beef. So it was just shocking that he was there even having a conversation, let alone she had five husbands. Amen. Could you imagine the gossip of the folks that was on looking? Jesus. Whoa. Amen. And so, so she changed the subject, like, get out, get, get out of my get out of my business. Let's talk about this mountain in Jerusalem. <laughs> Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is for the Jews. But the hour is coming where none of this is gonna matter anyway, because those that worship me, I'm paraphrasing, those that worship God got to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Right? This is what he's saying. So God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it ain't about a mountain. It ain't about a place. It's spirit and it's truth. Then the woman brings it on back and says, okay, well, I know that the Messiah is going to come, which is called Christ. And when he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. So, you know, she said, ooh, what? Right here. Right here. Oh, yeah, the Bible says she got that excited because the Bible says she went and told everybody, come see a man that has told me everything. But there are some beautiful things about this message right here. Amen? He did not judge her past. He mentioned it, but he didn't judge it. 
He didn't say you've had five husbands. Girl, what you been doing? Why you got five husbands? He didn't do that. But rather in love, he did what? He just offered her something better. (laughs) This is love. True love does not consider what you have done. But what you can do to what? Make it right. Amen. Oh, somebody need to clap hard. Amen. Amen. This woman's story is nothing. (laughs) Psalms 103 and 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he done what? Removed our transgression from. Y'all don't understand the level of love I'm talking about. You don't. You're measuring it by how people have treated you. You're measuring it by how people have looked at you. You're measuring it by all that you've done, what they've said, how they've tried to make you your sins. And God loves you beyond all of it because he saw every bit of it in the end. So if he saw the end of it all, he factored that in to his love. And he loves you beyond it all. Amen? Psalms, oh, I just read that. Jesus brought up her past to show her that in spite of her sins, he still loved her and was there to offer her living water. He offered her that first. And he, but, but, He already knew about the husbands and the shacking. She didn't just have five husbands. She was shacking. Now, you know, some of the modern day folks couldn't even witness to her. Do you mind if I get some water? Oh, I can't touch you. Heathen. Heathen heifer. Because I heard you had five husbands and you're living with somebody now. Oh, you got to move out first. Yeah. No, Jesus didn't. He offered her living water before all of that. Why? Because he already knew what she had done. Her past was the very reason Christ was there speaking to her. He came to rescue her from her past and change her future. Amen? How many of you, Jesus, rescued you from your past? And it's changing. You see, I put that ING? Changing your future. Amen. How many of you got delivered from the spirit of dumb? No! John 3 and 17 for God sent not his son into the see we read the scripture we don't even put it in context when you think about it this is why Jesus acted this way with this woman because he wasn't here to condemn her The, one that's got, the ones that got condemned was the Pharisees, scribes, and the ones asking them stupid questions. And he would just throw the question back on them because they were stupid. But this woman wasn't even about that. She needed help. And God appro- I mean, Jesus approached her for this very reason, because of her past. John 3 and 17, for God sent not his son into the world to do what? That's not why he came. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him, what? Why would he condemn you if he came to save you? Our past does not disqualify us from God's love. Our past is precisely why he came to die. John 15 and 13, greater love hath no man than this. So nobody can have greater love than a man lay down his life for his friends. 
So Jesus' love is the greatest love of all. Not learning to love yourself. Quit singing that ratchet song. Remember, they used to sing that in church. I believe the children are our future. Amen. But quit singing these demonic songs, man. Them songs don't have nothing to do with the Lord. Learning to love yourself. It's ain't about self-love. Amen. Summary. Humans struggle to love unconditionally because of the unexpected. When things happen, our love may change because we were caught off guard and we weren't prepared to handle it. That's what makes our love different. A history of being let down or disappointed by loved ones can cause us to lose hope in truly loving a person. Having our hearts broken by the behavior or inconsistency in our parents can take a toll on the way we process love. Past hurts are the number one reason people divorce and lose all hope in marriages today. A predisposition based on what we promised ourselves concerning this, which was based on what we endured, causes people to be locked into an oath that keeps them from forgiving and loving unconditionally. So when somebody hurts you, you took a position that that will never happen again. It's based on what you endure. This causes people to be locked into that oath. And the devil will come and remind you. Remember, you said you wouldn't take that. You said that if that ever happened, you'd be out of here. So that oath that you made with yourself because of that hurt that you endured caused you to have a predisposition of non-forgiveness or unforgiveness. And you can't love unconditionally. You promise yourself you would never let nobody do that to you. All of this is predicated on not knowing the future. So you basically made that oath not knowing the future. But you messed the future up because you made the oath. Now you got to stick to the oath. Or you feel you let yourself down. Then you get jazzy in your ear. I would let nobody do that to me. Oh, hey, ain't nobody. I'll go. Now, ain't no way I'd sit there and take that. Now she's riling up what you said and what you promised. All unforgiveness is gone. And you got to go through with the oath. All of this is predicated on not knowing the future because if you knew the future, you wouldn't have made the oath because you would have known that people make mistakes. Amen. And you would have known that you make mistakes. We can't love unconditionally in many cases because the uncertain future is frightening to us. So we make all these oaths to protect us from what we don't know. From the unknown. So if I make all these promises and I keep, if I make these perimeters, then the unknown won't be so scary because this is how I will react. So many make their lives about careers, striving, man-pleasing, and self-grandiosity. When they do love, it's conditional to protect themselves from being hurt again. Unfortunately, this is the same way they do what? Oh my gosh, this is the way we approach God. When you cannot love people unconditionally, then you cannot love God unconditionally. You just can't. You can't have a loving relationship with the Lord and unforgiveness with your brother. He said that. How can you love a God that you cannot see? And you can't forgive your brother that you see. This causes you to never experience his true unconditional love because you refuse to trust him with it. Our earthly examples will always hinder our spiritual examples. But once we learn to love one another, forgive and be forgiven by one another we learn unconditional love then and only then can we truly experience and understand God's unconditional love because he knows all we should be willing to trust him with all that's why you are in him for the things you cannot see for the things you don't know for the future you don't 
You can't predict the future, but you're in Christ who knows all. This is why trusting him with everything is so important. Because without him, you know nothing. His love for us is so great and powerful that it will cause us to love one another unconditionally and never even worry about being hurt. Never even worry about being hurt. Somebody that just, you just quicken when, when I said that. Because you're constantly worried. You're so worried about people hurting you that you don't get close to nobody. You don't fellowship with nobody. You keep to yourself because you don't want to be hurt. I tell you, me and my wife, as many times as we've been hurt, we keep putting ourselves right back there. You know why? Because we trust God's love. Amen. We trust God's love. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that ain't nobody going to leave our life. Nobody will leave our life. I don't care what they telling you. I don't care what they upload. I don't care what they saying. They did not leave our lives without being loved. We loved every bit of them. And we showed it to them. Just because you got a problem with something happening, that ain't got nothing to do with the love I showed you. After all, past hurt is merely what? So what is, what are you carrying around? An unhealed grudge. His love for us is so great and powerful that it will cause us to love one another. I read it. After all, past hurt is merely an unhealed grudge. And listen to this part. And what hurt can we endure that we have not already put someone else through? So basically when God was speaking to me about this message, he was like, who are you? You got a grudge? And you've caused grudges? You can't have a grudge, an unhealed grudge, an issue, an offense. What is it? It's just something you won't let go of. We need God's love in this last hour, but we must first do what? We must do what? unconditionally what love one another first john 3 and 14 we know that we have passed from death unto life because we do what we love the brethren <laughs> he that loveth not his brother does what abide in death abide in death this is why you have problems living this life you're abiding in death because you have hatred toward somebody. You have an offense toward somebody. It messes up everything. Whosoever hateth his brother is a what? A murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he did what? Laid down his life for us. And we ought to do what? Lay down our lives for the brethren. Everyone stand to your feet. No greater love than this, than a man will what? Lay down his life for a friend. Y'all, this is what God wants us to know right now. I wanted to get up and preach COVID and masklessness and, and all of the stuff they're talking about and doing and showing and all the inconsistent. I want to get up and do the end time message and what Daniel said and Zechariah and all of it and how it's all added. And I got before the Lord and God said, no, this is about love. People need to know. People are upset. People are raging. Y'all, we are experiencing the zombie apocalypse from the movies. Y'all thought they were going to be undead. No, they're very much alive, but they still climbing on police cars, getting run over. They're doing everything they did in World War Z. 
I said this morning, even on Instagram, they, they are now chanting that white Jesus is dead. The BLM, that's a BLM chant, chant that they're doing everywhere. And the crazy part is, it's as many white people with them as black chanting. But that, it, it has to be. That, that has to happen because if the white people pull out, it'll stop. Black folk ain't finna keep doing that. You know, you know we don't stay mad long. They gotta keep having somebody fueling them. They gotta keep having somebody provoking them. Keep them going. Because you know we will give up on a movement real quick. You got about two marches in each one of us and we done. Two marches. You got two marches. They have to hire people to keep it going. But this, that's what it is. The zombie, just zombies, lifeless. You just don't care. Just want, just so angry you don't even know what you want. So angry that you don't even know what the answer is. What will stop your anger? What do you want? We want uh, reparations. Okay, give, it gave everybody $10 in one city. Everybody got, did, all the white people, give a black person $10. You know, they really did that. Gave everybody $10. Every white person that walked by, you give a black man $10. They gave him all $10. Okay, you got some reparations. Okay, we paid you $10. Now what do you want? Oh, we want uh, justice. Okay, what does that look like? What is justice? We tired of black folks getting shot by white people. Okay, why ain't you tired of black folks getting shot by black people? You ought to just be tired of bullets. When you get tired of bullets, come call me. But they don't even know what they want because there is no answer because that's not why they're upset. They're upset because they're not loved. They're not loved. And without love, we're lifeless beings with no purpose. So we need God's love in this hour. Amen. Everyone bow your heads. Matter of fact, let's don't bow your heads. Let's lift your hands to the Lord and let's just give him the worship he deserves for his love you've learned about his love you heard about his love father God we just thank you Lord for your love we thank you for loving us past our issues past our inconsistencies past our sins past our humanness past all of that you are not a man so your love is different you saw the beginning and the end of us and you still love us you, we didn't surprise you with something. We didn't uh, alarm you with something. We, you, you didn't run across something that you missed and decided, oh, well, I don't know. No, you knew the beginning and the end. You knew the entire us. And you still chose to love us. So right now, we just thank you for loving us. Thank you for everlasting love. Thank you for new mercies every morning thank you for unconditional love thank you god for loving us and i pray father god right now that this love that is born in us will be able to exemplify and show to those that need it in this hour god help us to take our minds off ourselves Help us to take our minds off our issues, our inconsistent, whatever we are thinking about. Help us to take our minds off the negative things, all the troubles, all of the irrational things. God, help us to take our mind off of those things and help us to focus on showing your love one to another. Let your love permeate from our innermost being that we will show love in this hour. Father God, that we will show it to our brothers, our sisters to our parents, to our relatives, to our husbands, to our wives, to our children. Let your love be our focus right now as we navigate through these trying end times. Your love, you said, covers a multitude of sins. So we thank you for your love. And we ask that your love be with us and help us, God, to understand your love, to perceive it, to understand it, to feel it, 
to know that you're not a man. You're not going to love us. You're not going to do us like man has done us. But your love is different. And just because you know everything, you can love us in spite of everything. So we give you glory. We give you honor for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.